Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Kickback Presents, the All Memphis Post Game Show, where we are breaking down, recapping every Memphis Tigers, Memphis Grizzlies game right after they happen. You don't have to wait. You get our takes fresh off, uh, fresh off the game. With me, as always, is the homie Mace. Mace, what's going on, brother? How are you feeling after uh, this game? I'm glad we have a 20 minute buffer or so between the end of the game and the start of the show because I needed I needed all 20 minutes uh, to recover from that that heartbreaker. I mean, it was a it was a great game, you know, but dang, it sucks to lose in that fashion. Proud of the team. They showed up for the fight. They were there for it. Um, you know, in the first half, the team battled foul trouble. My, I myself was going through a hangover, fighting through some adversity uh, and trying to make sure I could be 100% for the second half. And, you know, I'm, I'm proud of the fight the guys showed. And I don't think anyone in the country who watched that game, especially the committee, can look at that game and think Memphis is not a top 30 team. And we'll get into why, why they lost and, you know, some questionable decisions here and there. But all in all, I'm super proud of the guys and the fight that they showed. Man, I've, I wrote it down a few times um, on my notes for the game is that Memphis looked like the more uh, confident team at times. They looked like the better team. Um, I had, Admittedly, I hadn't watched much much of Houston this season. Just, you know, you know more about them by hearing what they've done and seeing the box score. But if they, if they played like this, I can see how they lost to Tulsa and ECU. Well, maybe not ECU, but I can definitely see how they lost to Tulsa because – they ain't really impressed me that much. And I know they lost somebody, but I wasn't impressed by Houston at all that much. I was way impressed by, you know, I, I was I was hoping for any reason to get on here and talk bad about the Tigers. Hoping for it. But after this game, man, I, there was not really much. There isn't really much as a Tiger hater that I can hate on. Um, besides the fact, you know, just be they, they lost that they lost the game, but like they they played better. They were tougher. Um, so if in the eyes of the committee and the eyes of Tigers fans, this is a team that you wanted to see all year. Um, they obviously, they, they still have their shortcomings. We know what they are. Uh, Houston's a good defensive team. You know, 64 points is kind of hopefully you would like some more, you know, more points. But, hey, that is what it is, man. Um, so I am uh, – if I'm Memphis – I don't think this ruined their tournament chances. They get another chance at Houston in the tournament, you know. And I'm big with A Low back and maybe more DeAndre Williams. They will probably be a little bit more confident. But now Houston, I think Houston didn't take them seriously uh, a little bit. They just kind of the way they looked around, the way they were looking. But I don't know, man. That's just how I feel about it. You know, I was hoping, I was looking for a blowout so I could just come in here and say, I told y'all Memphis wasn't ready. I told you this, told you that. But they look like the more competent and the more confident team. And and the thing was, it could have very easily turned into a blowout early on, especially with the foul trouble. Uh, DeAndre Williams played like five, six minutes in the first half. That was it. Uh, Musa was also in some foul trouble. And in that first half, Houston had seven second chance points and Memphis only had two. And, you know, if you've listened to talk radio, radio or anything this week, Gary Parrish has been talking about how Houston is a great offensive rebounding team. Memphis wasn't going to be able to keep them off the boards. And in that first half, Houston had 16 misses and they had eight offensive rebounds. So they, they got their own misses on half the shots. Um, and they, but we only helped that we held them to seven second chance points, which is pretty good, you know, with, with our defense indicative of what we do. And we only had six turnovers in the first half. 
Right. Also only had six turnovers in the second half. So in the biggest game of the season, when it mattered most without your point guard, I thought that was huge um, to only have 12 turnovers. And I just think it kind of points to how far this team comes, but it also points to how they play up and down to their competition, like you like to point out. Well, I mean, that's one thing that you always notice about this team that they play like they play up and down. Um, I saw somebody say the Tigers had too many turnovers. They ended up with 12 tonight, which anytime the Tigers have less than 15 turnovers, you want to be happy about. They averaged 19 the last five games, last six, whatever game. They 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 throw the ball away a whole lot. And so they only have only having 12 turnovers today uh was good. But part of that was, and hopefully this is something where Penny can can start to to change a little bit is the pace was slower. With a slower pace, you have less turnovers. And so Penny wants to be the fastest team in the nation. Penny wants to do this and wants to do that. So you're going to have these stupid high turn, these these turnovers with these games with 19 turnovers, these 20 games with 20 turnovers. Play a slower style. You will take care of the ball a little bit more. uh, And there you go. And also, DeAndre Williams is a turnover machine. The reason they only had six in the first half is because he ain't played that much. He came in the second half and he started throwing the damn ball everywhere. Like traveling six. I bet how many turnovers did they say he had? He had five. I can imagine three of the six turnovers the Tigers had in the second half were because of him. A char I think a charge. Oh no, that was in the first half. The step back and some other whatever. He had travel another travel too, too, I think. Yeah. yeah. So those like those were his turnovers. Um, like I said, I ain't gonna get on here and be too too uh glowing, speak too glowingly about the Tigers because there are some things that they could have uh worked on, especially with Penny. Um I think that well, let's just take it, let's take it, let's go by this, take it by half by half. The first half you talked about, um, the score was 35 to 39. Uh Houston was up 30, 39 to 35. Listen to these numbers from the first half. There were 25 made field goals. 24 fouls and 30 free throw shots. So the refs, the refs took control of this game early and it ended up messing up the flow of the game for both halves because the way they were playing in the second half fouls that they called in the first half, they weren't calling in the second half. And that's what threw both teams off. Yeah. I mean, Memphis had 15 fouls in the first half alone. So over half of those 24 fouls you mentioned, I guess Houston only had nine um and like i said uh, most of their good like deandre williams was out the whole half musa wasn't out there but malcolm i thought continued his great play his minutes in the first half were huge i think he had seven points three or four from the field and just being available right in the middle of the lane on the pick and roll uh and then landers nolly he i think he had 12 of his points in the first half and he just basically was the only offense we had him and then lester hit a couple big threes uh, got the guitar strumming going, <laughs> which uh, we saw later in the game. Houston returning the favor with the guitar strumming, and I love this shit. Uh, the, uh, Houston, to me, is Memphis's rival in, in this conference right now in football and basketball, so I was here for it, and I'm glad the refs didn't didn't tech anyone up. They allowed a lot of talking going back and forth, and you could even hear it come through on the broadcast a couple times, um, but they did call a lot of ticky-tack fouls, and I mean, it, it made a great game almost unwatchable in that first half. Well, that's one of the, I've said it before with this team that Memphis is always going to be at the mercy of the referees. Um, I think one of the most notable games was earlier this year against South Florida, where they they played a really physical game, and the refs had a tight whistle in the beginning, and then the whistle loosened up. 
but it was a game I think where Alo locked somebody up at the at center court and they were up 51 50 some, something like that it was a close game and it was a borderline call that usually gets called a foul but it wasn't it wasn't called a foul because of the way the refs um officiate Memphis and so Memphis in these big games is always going to be at the mercy of the referees because they play so physically and they talk so much. The first player of the game, Musa, gets the ball at the free throw line, takes one dribble, gets a layup and one, and he's already super demonstrative, super talking, and you know what I'm saying, all of that, all of that stuff. And I'm like, bro, refs don't like that. There's a reason why the refs called the game they called in that first half because they were trying to shut Memphis up. It shut. I mean, Memphis started talking, and then Houston started talking. Then the game started getting out of control with a little bit of physical stuff, uh, and so the refs had to do what they had to do. But the Tigers will always be at the mercy of the referees when it comes to these games because the way the, the style that they play is not what most not what you see most of the time. Right, and so just to dive a little deeper, Houston got 12 points from the free throw line. They were 12 of 18, so they weren't knocking all their freebies down. And then it's not like Memphis wasn't getting to the line. We were 6 of 12. We just weren't making our free throws. Uh, and in a tight game like this, when you're not turning the ball over and getting to the line, is you know in the half court, Memphis is not great. So when you get fouled, that's supposed to be a positive thing <laughs> like because right. you, you don't have a great offense that you run and get easy buckets. So in theory, getting to the line is your easy bucket, and we just couldn't knock free throws down 50% in the first half and 50% on the game. Yeah, I mean, that's a, that's concerning, you know. Um, when It's concerning, and it's all too normal. For Memphis. And it's no not just what? one player. It's like the whole team missing free you know? throws, even your best shooters and everything. And like it, they didn't even when it's even when it's different coaches, different players, whatever, there's always a free throw problem, you know. Uh, and like J.O. says here, they didn't get to the line enough even when they were in the bonus. They didn't. The thing that blew my mind, really, I'm watching the first half and I think I wrote it down. I didn't write down how many trips it was. But I think that Kelvin Sampson and his team and his coaching staff instilled the fear of God in his players about attacking the basket. Because in the first half, they didn't try to go to the rim at all. They were out here doing too much. Houston was out here penetrating and putting it right back out. They weren't trying to test Malcolm or trying to test Musa at all. And it kind of, to me, I don't, I don't know their team like that. It looked like they messed up the flow of their offense. Um but it's and also they, like, they weren't hitting those threes. They were three of twelve. Right, exactly. And it's like so at least try to go and us watching Memphis more than we watch Houston. Like you know, all you got to do to drive is drive into Musa, give him an up fake. He gonna jump. Musa don't know how to stand still, how not to jump off the ground. So and he, he got a foul. Like, he got a couple fouls like that. Um, so it was it was interesting to see how both teams played. Malcolm, like you said, you mentioned Malcolm. Got to give him a shout out. Uh, Malcolm likes to play against Houston. He played really well against Houston last year. Last year, I think he had a perfect game against Houston last year. Um, in the in Memphis when they beat him by one, and he just plays. He, I guess, that style suits him because he plays well against up against Houston. Yeah, and he's just a more mature player on the floor than Musa. Um, so Penny, Penny trusts him more. You you see him playing in those late game scenarios now a lot more than Musa because <laughs> Musa is just a wild card. He's gonna he's gonna hustle, but you don't know what else you're gonna get. He right. might he might pull up jump pull up from the free throw line and toss it straight off the backboard, um, so. which we've seen happen a few times in during this game, but not from Musa. Like Lester, Lester shot a shot, at, not even toward the end. Well, Boogie shot three of them throughout the game. <laughs> they didn't hit no rim. 
And then the Leicester's three at the end, um, and we'll get to that. But it was I, I said it before, Memphis came into this game with a bunch of confidence. They came into this game looking like they were going to win this game. Houston looked like they slept walking to this game. They weren't they weren't tight. They weren't fresh off the um crisp is what I'm looking for, off the jump. You know what I'm saying? Like I I made a note like yo, Houston looks confused, not up to the challenge, would have expected a stronger start. Cause they they weren't out here like Jerome was looking crazy. He threw the ball. It was just it, like they weren't ready for the game. And it surprised me with this game being as big as it is, but maybe it wasn't big to them. Yeah, Jerome did have three first half turnovers. Um, but do you think that was Memphis's defense that just had them out of sorts? I mean, it's probably a combination of the two, right? Being off for a week and and then playing one of the best defenses in the country who was amped up and ready for the game. Right. I think I'm, I'm I mean, you can't take anything away from Memphis's defense. Like we we that's the one constant that they have all season. You know that their their defense uh colors the way that the game is played and the performance from the other team. So yeah, I can't take anything away from that. Um, but I would just would I would have assumed because I went back and looked like Houston, this is the closest game that Houston has won in conference. Um, every other time they play, every time they, every other game they won in conference, they won by more than 10 points. Um, and then the games they lose, they obviously lose, but this is the closest game that they've had. And so, like, maybe this is the, just a test, you know, what they, what they did. Well, what do you think about this? JL make a great point. What do you think? Did uh, DeAndre Williams pick up two fouls in the first half? And then Penny set him for 14 minutes. How do you, what do you think about that decision? The first half I'm okay with because the game didn't get out of hand. Uh, he's just buying time. Where I had the issue was in the second half when he picked up number four and it's, you know, gets down to, he picked it up with, I believe, 746 left in the game. And I understand taking him out for a minute or two, but I would have, I would have just left him in that whole time. <laughs> like the, your season is on the line. Uh, but yeah, in the first half, I, I, it's hard to knock him because the Tigers kept it close, you know. I will say this, and this is this is more of a conversation about Penny's coaching style than anything. Because Musa picked up two quick fouls too, and then he, but Musa was back in the second half. Maybe Penny knew how important DeAndre was to the team, so he didn't really um, didn't want to risk that. But um, damn, what was I about to say? Oh, we mentioned his name, Landers. Went had what twelve of his fourteen in the first half, yeah. And he basically was non-existent the second half. Um, Landers is was was one of your most experienced players of playing in the ACC last year, and looked like he was super ready for this game. Right, he came in, scored seven quick points. Uh, he was good. I don't. You got to keep him more involved. You got to keep Lester involved. I mean, you got to keep uh, Landers involved. You got to get him shots. Granted, like I said, the game didn't get out of hand, so you can't really – it's kind of nitpicking because it is what it – but maybe if you get Landers some more shots, you can extend the lead, you know, because now you got people taking shots that you don't really want taking shots. Yeah, and I think uh, Landers became a focal point for Houston's defense after he kept us in the game early in the first half. I thought they did a really good job of taking him out of the game because let's not forget Houston is a top 10 defensive team in the country in their own right. So a very good defensive team. And I just thought that they did it. They weren't going to let Landers Nolly beat them and really Lester too. They didn't let him get a lot of open looks. Um, And they were content with, you know, Damian Barr or whoever making the decisions and, and taking the shots. You know, Lester, I think they did Lester wrong 
uh, the refs did because Quentin Grimes definitely elbowed Lester in the face uh, at the at the free throw line, and they just and they called a foul on, on Lester. But um, and they went and reviewed it, and I don't know how they didn't see that. I mean, Lester, like we've mentioned it before, he gets up in you, and he he's an irritant. He's a gnat. He's the taller version of Patrick Beverly, I guess. Taller and more light skinned version of Patrick Beverly. Um, couple big shots from him in the in the game. I was really it was interesting to see how Penny used the bench. Um, you got minutes over there because I don't know, this this doesn't have minutes on. Yeah, I got you. Damien didn't play as many minutes as I thought he was. Um, and he's he played twenty one. Okay, that's not too bad. Uh, maybe because I don't, I just didn't understand, really understand him on the floor like that. You know what I'm saying? Um, well, so once I, DJ went down, you bet he basically had to play, you know, and he's he's the backup point guard, right? <laughs> so, here's one question Do you think having Alo on the team, having Alo for this game, would have made a difference? I do. I think in some of those late situations, uh, just better decision making. And maybe we would have got a, a bucket in some of those cases. Um, but, yeah, I, I think Alo makes this team better. And his defense, maybe he could have stopped Jarreau. Because Jarreau averages 10 points a game. He had 19 tonight or this morning, 19 and 8. And then Grimes had his 17. That's about what he averages. But I think Alo definitely could have made, made, made a difference. Um, we did a great job on Marcus Sasser. He's their second leading scorer. Average that was a blowtorch. I got it right <laughs> back. I said, yo, number zero Sasser is a blowtorch. And every time there was any time he got the ball, it was a, a bad shot. Yeah. Turnover. And I'm like, bro, this get in Jerome just passing the ball like he a good player. Get this dude off the court. He is a blowtorch. I want to say he was a freshman of the year last year in the conference. He 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 can hoop. Terrible. Terrible. <laughs> He was he was horrible, but man, um, yeah. I th- you know we came out at halftime. Tiger scored seven straight, took the lead. Everybody's knocking down threes. Uh, Lester hit one. DeAndre Williams got it going. DJ finally hit one, and then just when everything's going well, Jamal, the worst play of the game happened. DeAndre Williams gets on <laughs> a fast break, and he just misses the dunk. He just blows it. Missed the dunk. Oh, the funny thing is, we're looking at the stat sheet right now. It says he's four for four. They must just call it a turnover. I, how is that not? We, you and I looked before the show trying to find exactly when it happened in the game, and it's not. They've erased it from the game history. That dunk, yeah. that missed dunk, did not happen. Did not happen. Well, before we get into everything else, it looks like we have an on-screen caller here. Uh, adding to the stream. What's up, peoples? Hey, what's I'm going on? Okay. What's going on? What, look, hey, man, so look, so look. I got, a, I got a question because we just chimed in. Go see Uncle JB. Okay, look. This, this is how bad it is. I wish I could show y'all. We got babies crying. Look, we got, we got the kids out here because we, we all mad at the loss of the Tigers. <laughs> we got the kids out here doing the layup line. <laughs> hey, look, tell, yeah, lay it in. Don't try to dunk it. Yeah, don't, don't try, try to dunk it. it. You'll be like DeAndre Williams and you miss a wide open dunk. So <laughs> that was no, rough, man. So so how y'all feeling? Because like I said, I literally just tuned in. So how y'all feeling? You know, proud of the overall effort, but to lose in that fashion when you only make 50% of your free throws and give up a half-court buzzer beater, I mean, that's a tough loss because you know it, close close losses don't mean nothing. But I don't I don't see how like the committee can look at this Memphis team and not think they're one of the best 30, 40 teams in the nation. 
I, I hate to do this, and he he probably smiles when I do this. I'm gonna take a page out of Jamal's book. They're gonna get blown out on Thursday, Friday, whenever they play. Houston gonna blow them folks out. Uh, <laughs> just and you, they, the Memphis played their best game. Like if I'm if I'm Penny, I can go in there and be like, they beat us on the flute. But I mean, the realistic nature of me is like, bro, can we duplicate this effort? Which I think I hoping this is who they are instead of like the anomaly, like going back to the earlier part of the season. I don't think Alo helps bring that much more to the I mean he's a the defense was straight. Like Grimes, how many he end up with this this game? 17. 17, but he was six or fourteen from the field. So he, he had a quiet, he had a quiet 17. Like uh, does Alo, in your opinion, does Alo add like does he does he equal a win for the next game? I mean, he doesn't equal a win, but I think just yeah, his decision like, making. <laughs> what up? I think Alo's decision making was missed, even though we only had twelve turnovers. I just think what he bring. He's the leader of the team. Like, yeah, we're gonna be better with Alo on the floor. I don't know. I don't know if Alo gonna bring uh, bring that much. And I'm actually. I don't think. I don't know if you can say the Tigers played a perfect game. They played one of their best games, but like. You get Boogie involved a little bit more because Boogie was terrible. Outside of the big shot he made in, he was terrible. He didn't do nothing at all. Um, if you get Landers, like we talked about it right while y'all were calling in, like Landers didn't do much in the second half. So you get him more involved, you get him more going in the second half, he'll be good, you know. But I expect you, I just expected Houston to be better. Like Houston didn't, Houston don't scare me no more. Like, yeah, they, they didn't play like a number, they're, they're not the number nine team in the country. I didn't. I, I'm not. I wasn't familiar with them. I ain't watched much of them. Just knowing what the numbers say and the teams they beat. But um, I ain't. I ain't. I ain't. I ain't really impressed by Houston that much. I mean, they play really good defense, obviously. But I, I'd agree with that. My question was uh, coming in with the question actually: Is it what Memphis did right or what Houston did wrong? Before I give my opinion about it. Huh? That's a good way to look at it. What you got, Mace? Well, I mean, I think the defense, the Memphis defense is as advertised. Like, it is one of the toughest defenses to go against in the country, if not the toughest. We got the length and, uh, you know, the offense struggles. Like, but luckily in the second half, we got some threes to, to fall. I think our defense allows us to play with anyone in the country, honestly. Like, we haven't seen this team get blown out a lot, even though we haven't been tested a lot against really good teams. But I just, this team is up for the fight against whoever. Uh, wherever, so that the AAC tournament, like I, I think we got a chance at Houston. Well, as like I got said earlier, I think a lot of it depends on the whistle that they get. You know, the the uh, the refs the refs dictate the game, and Memphis is at the mercy of the refs because they play such a physical, all the time defense. Like some of the some of the fouls are super foul, like uh, trapping the rebounder, trapping the offensive rebounder. Uh, uh, 90 feet away from the basket. Like, why are you doing it? Malcolm got a foul like that for no reason. Like, that's just um, it's bad. Um, but I would probably say not knowing, watching more Memphis basketball than Houston basketball, that was one of the best games that Memphis has played. And I, I can't say that for Houston. So I would think that if that game does get to overtime, Memphis might even win it. Um, I'm not, I wouldn't be surprised if Memphis won that game in overtime. But just the way it is now, like, you can't win the game when you shoot 50% from free throw line. And the 12 turnovers is fine. Like, I am actually happy with the 12 turnovers. That, that didn't even mean that much. It actually is 11 because they gave DeAndre Williams a turnover for a missed dunk. You know what I'm saying? Like, there was a missed dunk. They gave him a turnover. It was only 11 turnovers. Um, 
But we'll see what it looks like in the semifinals. Maybe at a neutral course, Houston gets their shit together and they, and they blow them out. Who knows? But what are your thoughts, JB? As another resident Memphis fan, what are your thoughts? Resident Memphis fan, um, and, and I'm trying to remove bias. And I asked the question, so I'll try to be unbiased with the answer. Um, starting off with prefacing, Memphis actually played a good game from our standards of this season. It wasn't a good game as far as the top-tier collegiate program simply because of the turnovers and the free throws. It's hard to put yourself in that, that category if you're not doing the easy parts. But the intangibles, the effort, the hustle, the fight, man, it, it was there. I, I don't think that I've seen a game, uh, and it's a good amount. I hadn't seen a game where we were consistent for 40 minutes uh, on hustle, on fight. I mean, I ain't gonna lie. It got to a point where, if you know, based off the season, if we got down two, maybe three positions, um, it was a little bit more nerve than normal. But they showed me that that we're capable. Uh, you you mentioned it, Mace. Our defense is our catalyst. Uh, we don't get to a point offensively where we're gonna right away strike and come back out of a three four possession game. But on defense, we will turn you over. We will stop you. No complaints on defense. Everything was there. I could, I could, in my head, just being overly critical, uh, recall a couple of slow rotations that we made that I, I, like I say, just being overly critical, wanted that turnover, wanted that steal, wanted that charge. But in the grand scheme, no complaints. The problems or, or my concerns are um, the things that I feel like we take for granted as a you know, fan watching a D1 player. I'm not a D1 player, so I'm not going to be saying as a D1 player that you, you're capable of this, but the free throws. Um, you're right, Jay. Boogie, the last two games have shown me what he is um, and why he was recruited so highly. And I think that he continues to play like that. If you want to fast forward to next next game, uh, the biggest question I have is, can we duplicate the effort after a letdown? It's tough when you get that far and you lose on a half-court, three-fourth quarter shot or a, a long-distance shot, left-hand leaning off a bounce pass on the input uh, with 1.7 seconds left. But I like the team. I think that Memphis is doing some things right. Uh, all you got to do is train together a couple of wins. We get together and we run through the conference tournament. So I'm going to say Memphis did a lot right. And Houston, you're right, Jay. I'm not a fan. I don't see everything. But based off what I know, leading score, we kept them in check. Uh, they got shooters. They can shoot. Um, but I think we make some better rotations, and next week could be a lot different. I am uh, – like, like I said at the beginning of the show, if I'm a Memphis fan, the only thing that I'm mad about is the way you lost the game. Like yeah, that's you, the, 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 the way they played and some of the things, like you would have hoped for Boogie to play better or um, – Damn, you said something that made me think. Oh, then I like I said earlier that um the two players that played the best for the Tigers were the players you expected to play the best for the Tigers, the most experienced players, Landers and DeAndre. They had been in this position before. They had played these high-level games before, played in the high-level high-level 
high uh, tension spot before like Atlanta's in the ACC, and I don't really know who DeAndre Evans Williams played at Evansville, but let's just say he played a good team at Evansville. I mean, they they, they beat Kentucky when he was there. He played Kentucky in the rough and stuff. So you know, uh, you, you look at that. I also think that this is also a time for Penny to use a teachable moment. I like your emotion. And the emotion of this team is what carries this team, but that emotion is always also gonna get you in trouble. Because at some point, the ref's gonna say, "Forget it. I'm not giving you a call." Because all you're doing, you're talking too much. You're talking too much. You way too demonstrative. And they're like, "We're not doing it. I'm gonna I'm gonna call a foul on you. I'm gonna call this foul." And that's what happened in the first half. They got they were calling the ticket tech stuff to get control of the game, and because Memphis came out there talking all this crap, which is fine, do that. But you are at the mercy of the referees, and they are the ones that control the game. And so that, that's what happened. And you see how it looked when the game got more pace in the second half, and they were going more up and down. How Memphis looked a lot better. Uh, and the refs had to, the refs basically had to follow their whistle on a lot of stuff. There was a lot of fouls going on in the second half. They were calling that they were calling in the first half. Yeah, the most concerning thing to me with the team is like the overall basketball IQ at all times on the floor is like negative 420. You never know what's going to happen with a dumb foul. Like you said, 94 feet away from the basket, a, a stupid reach in, diving on top of someone. And then usually it's the turnovers. Like like I've been harping on, we le- we are the worst in the nation at the non-steal turnovers. So just shooting ourselves in the foot. And we had a few today, you know, the travels and things like that. They come back to bite you in the ass. And then you make, make dunks. <laughs> Musa Cisse, you are 11 feet tall. Let's not forget that one. Let's not forget that one. You're right. You 11 feet tall, my guy. Mace, what was my play of the game last game the Tigers played? Musa getting the offensive rebound, a <laughs> foot away from the goal, and just threw the bitch over. Just threw it over the rim. <laughs> threw it over the rim. You, come on, bro. This is getting this is too obvious now, Musa. You got, you got all this strength up here, bro. Use it to dunk the basketball. And, and, and DeAndre, we done mentioned it four times because it needs to be mentioned a lot. You missed a wide open dunk, brother. Like, nobody, uh, no, uh, Jerome was beside you. I guess you looked at Jerome to see if he might try to. Come. But it wasn't even like no real, he missed on the front of the rim. Yeah. Like, put the ball on the front of the rim and it bounced all the way back. Come on, man. So, so I don't want to make excuses. Um, and y'all hitting on some, some great points. I don't want to, I didn't want to open up with it, but I mean, Two or three plays don't make or break a game because you should be elite enough to uh, separate yourself from, you know, for the, for the other 38 minutes in the game. But, yeah, you, you've pinpointed some things that um, we have to correct. And I'm not saying we have to correct it to win this game. We have to correct it to win games. Um, when you – there's nobody between you and the basket, you attack the basket. When you're 11 feet tall, you stand on your tiptoes and put it down. Uh, it doesn't it doesn't get to a point where anybody is between you and that rim. And, you know, and, and I'm not I don't want to be critical because it was good this year. But the focus, we just have to be focused on this play. Um, I, minute and a half, um, when we were down five, maybe um, it was I like I like how we stuck with it. Uh, Jay, you mentioned about. Memphis coming out talking, and I know you, you might have a slight bias there, but Houston, Houston was playing were, were playing air screens. Like it was that's what you do in a conference game, man. That's what you do to rattle your opponent. That's what you do um, when you 
I say Memphis is the underdog. That's what you do to get an, a slight advantage. So um, not making excuses, but that first half, the refs played a slightly bigger role than that, what they should have. I'm talking about guys just leaning on each other. I'm talking about DeAndre Williams trying to fight through a pick and getting called. I'm talking about Damian, the same play, like just arm out. I'm not even, you know, touching anybody. But if you set a pick and I'm not able to attempt to fight through it, then I'm I'm running their set. I'm a part of their offense at that point if I can't disrupt it. So uh, no excuse because the first half was went both ways, but I felt like Memphis was called a little bit tighter. Um, and some of the things that, that you know, if, if you're relying on your defense and, and relying on rallying somebody and, and stepping in the path and you know the plays and you just want to give them a slight bump, uh, you're at a disadvantage. And I don't know if that played a role in the second half, um, but it did loosen up some. But IQ, you have to be smarter than the rest. And I think that, you know, we correct a couple of things and it gets to a point where, you know, it's late in the season. But to me, this is the most important part. It would have been nice to get this uh, effort at the beginning, but now where we are. Um, and as a fan, I'm not going to say what we what we can't do. Well, you should, because you can't beat Houston, by the way. Oh, get the fuck out of here. Like, <laughs> we just watched the same game. Like this is J- JB conversation, man. Like, let's be unbiased and make it no, a, no, no, a no. real conversation because I don't think can be unbiased. It, it's not about <laughs> no. it's not about can we be Houston. It's about can we play good basketball. That's my question. I don't I don't care about the opponent. If I'm consistent in what I do, I really don't care who I encounter on a day to day basis. It's well, I mean, to be it's shown. It's been shown and proven over from this season that. This team is capable of playing good basketball, but can they play good basketball consistently? That's the whole thing we're talking about. And one of the things that is a telltale sign of a mediocrely coached team is the fact that they play to the level of their competition. If they so this Tigers team, this Tigers team. Stuck, stuck with Houston. I will continue to the game go to overtime. The Tigers win this game. I'll give you that. But they the last two weeks they started to get back into themselves. Like I still hate the fact that the Cincinnati game was so close. They should have blew them out the water. They blew South Florida out the water. Um, and they blew out the water. Wait, who, who, whose game was too close? The Tulane game. They ended up winning by fifteen or something, uh, which is good because Tulane really doesn't lose by that many points usually. But all of everything that we talked about goes hand in hand with it. The lack of basketball IQ and the extra the extra stuff on the court is what's going to hold this team back. And, and so their greatness, they're going to have to play greater than the things holding them back. They're going to have to overcome the bad ref call, the bad call from the ref, because they are inviting that to them by, by bringing so much attention. Lester hits the three and starts doing the strum. Cool. So every time I hit a three, I'm coming straight to you and I'm doing the strumming in your face. And then the ref's going to say, all right, he's the one that started it. You need to chill out. I'm going to do it. No, on you. Jay. What? No, Jay, how is that? How is that? So if I if, if, if you have a signature move, if you have a, a way to rattle, rattle, rattle up your team and to encourage them and somebody mock you, it's, it's a different hunting. Hunting isn't. Um, no, no, something not, that is just, I ain't saying the refs will give him a text. I'm just saying that if that's what you're going to do, you have to be able to deal with the consequences of it. 
So if you're gonna if, if your if your job if you're gonna make the three every time you make a three and you do the strong, you be okay with somebody coming in your face when they make a three and you be okay with somebody talking shit to you and the, and let the refs deal deal with it the way the refs deal with it. I'm not saying don't do it. I'm just saying be be under be cognizant of what you are bringing to it. The refs, the refs look like Musa gets the foul call the first thing and the first thing he do is like flailing and, and I'm doing all the things. Get the, go shoot your free throw and let's go. But what you do, you set the tone. You can set the tone negatively or you can set the tone positively. Like that's what it that's what it is. I'm not if you if you're okay and good enough to overcome it, do it all the time. Your team is not. Yeah, but I don't think that should change how the Tigers are officiated. Like they, they had 15 fouls called on them in the first half and only five in the second half, and they played the same defense the whole game. So I think that's what JB's trying to say. <laughs> but what I'm saying is they would have got five fouls called in the first half if they weren't bringing attention to all their – if they weren't bringing the attention I, Both to teams the were talking. like you acting like it was just Memphis out there running their mouth. Both teams were talking. It's been in the media all week. The coach has been going back and forth. Like this is a rivalry game. This is a, our Super Bowl. And, that, and the refs got to expect that. It was y'all Super Bowl, and he got out of hand real quick. What so was the, out of hand? The refs, the refs thought it was out of hand. That's why they had to bring. That's why they had to make the calls. And it's you are at the mercy of the referees. The referees decide how physically you can play defense. Now the thing about Memphis is, unlike most teams, they don't change. They are going to play that way all forty minutes. Most teams would have said, "We're not going to press no more. We already got these fouls. We're going to pull back. I'm not going to press no more." Memphis plays their way all 40 minutes, which is a, uh, a credit and a testament to them. But you have to be ready for what comes with that. Some ticket, some ticket tag calls, they gonna call. Some they not gonna call. And I mean, like it ain't like Memphis was the only team. Houston got a little of a bad whistle from time to time too uh, in this game. But, but go ahead. From time to time, Jay. In the first This is right, man. What I do, what I do within those that 90 feet. That is not a violation of, you know, rule 401C does not dictate how you call rule 401C. Just because you need to control the game, it was not, I would, nobody's, you're not strumming in her face. You're looking at the camera. You're looking at your own bitch. You're okay. not doing anything. So take, the, take, the, take the Lester thing out because I don't okay. want to focus on that example. That's fair. And all I'm saying Go ahead. Go ahead. All, all I'm saying is, if I do something, and you're right, let's be biased. Yes. <laughs> all, I'm, all I'm saying is, if I need to encourage my team, this is my Super Bowl, so let me hype my guys up. And these are your words, Jay. This was your Super Bowl. So this is my Super Bowl. Let me be great. Let me get energetic. Let me do what I need to do to play 40 minutes of basketball. As long as I'm not hip checking these guys or you know running through these guys or taking the ball and running 90 feet without traveling, the without dribbling, the referee does not need to stop my momentum. The referee well, Jay, does not you, you watch too much feet. you watch too much basketball to know that that's not gonna happen. Like you 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 I'm know that it's not gonna happen. I'm not saying it's not gonna happen, but I'm saying from out the gate. Like okay, you get you get a couple of check calls to just be like, all right, hey, hey, I, I run this. I'm I'm the ref. I got the stripes on. But once you see that it's not anything that's uh, enabling 
this squad or this squad are giving a, a true advantage because I'm letting you hold on the pick or I'm letting you, you know, um, you know, impede a path or I'm letting you charge. I'm letting you do the James Harden step back. DeAndre Williams, was that a travel? Uh, yeah. But do they call it 90% of the time? No. If you call it that, can I not argue that? Yo, you, can, I, you can argue it's not travel. So I'm going to say travel. You talk to your brother. I said a couple, it was three calls that I was like, man, jump ball. DeAndre Williams came across his whole arm. That's a foul. It's hard to say that, but that's a foul. Because you only, if you only want to take a snapshot of it, then you pick which snapshot you want to take. But if you want to be consistent as a ref should, then you have to be consistent. And you cannot say that, you know, once I establish control, this is my game, guys. Y'all do what you do. I'm going to give you some ring. You're talking about some teenagers. You're talking about some young No, we're guys. not. Yeah, Williams is 35 years old. I'm so tired of motherfuckers saying that young Williams is a teenager. He is 24 years old. Stop talking. We're talking about Lester. We're talking about Lester. Good boy. Secondly. and I went to high school together. Yeah. Secondly. Secondly. Now you, now you got me all flustered. I forgot my point. Uh, what were you talking about with the fouls? Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, um, the re- I admit, the first half, the refs were way too heavy-handed. I've said that. But the refs were also – they could have been more heavy-handed if they wanted to. The, you, they listen, you heard him say, hey, stop talking. No more talking. I'm done with the talking. I don't want to hear you. I don't want to hear you. I don't want to see this. I don't want to see that. You heard him, you heard him say that. Granted, they gave, like I said, they gave him a bad call on Lester when uh, Grimes – Grimes gave left her elbow to the neck. They they should have they could have threw him out the game for that if they really looked at the thing. So I'm not making it just Memphis versus Houston. What I'm saying is once you play defense as aggressively and as hard as Memphis plays every time down the court, the ref will make some calls that will not be good. Because they're so they're putting the pressure on the defense and they're putting the pressure on the referee. Adding to that the extracurriculars. Up every time you make a shot, I'm in your face. I'm talking. I'm doing this. The rest in the face, though, in the face, in the face. Were they really in the face? Were they just talking? In the first half, Lander scored seven straight points in the first half, and he went straight up to Jerome in his face and said, "Yeah, nigga, it's me. Come on, bro. Don't, don't. Let's not. Let's not do this." There are are, are, three minutes in the game, Jay. Like you, you, you talking about not, not, not being biased on the Lester example or or getting too caught up on that? Okay, yeah, it's going to be times. I'm saying, I'm saying that is part of the thing. That's part of all. The referees are all taking that in. So Lester, not Lester, Lander starts, and everybody else continues. And I ain't saying that Houston was just innocent bystanders. Like they just letting somebody talk crap to their face and not talking back. But that's what if some team starts it. And the other team continues it. That's when things can get out of hand, and that's when the refs gonna step in, and that's what they did. And like well, they didn't, tee, they didn't tee nobody up and throw nobody out. They just made a few calls to say, "Okay, you doing too much hand checking? I'm gonna get you out of here." We've seen enough American Athletic Conference officiating over the last five years in both football and basketball to know that we can't leave the game in the referees' hands because um, it's usually not going to go the Tigers' way. Uh, we just we know that whether it's Joey Magnifico making a catch at Temple or you know a game in Houston, it is what it is. We we still can't let them have 15 offensive rebounds, even though we only held them to uh, 12 second chance points. They only outscored us by one on the second chance points, but still giving them 
15 extra opportunities when your defense is playing as good as it was. Marcus Sasser can't hit anything. Jarrell's really the only offense they got going besides Grimes getting some mop-up buckets. Giving them those 15 extra chances comes back and kills you. And, I, and, and the thing with – I'm going to get off the refs real quick. The thing with the refs is you can't talk bad about them when they don't go your way. and then when they Because they, they, they've, they've given Memphis the benefit of the doubt in other games. A lot. Like I said, the, the game against South Florida where A-Lo bringing up old shit. A-Lo basically mauled somebody at half court to win the game. No foul call. All this stuff, like, and so like how how aggressive they are defensively is is their calling card. And so you get sometimes you get a good referee and crew, sometimes you don't, and you gotta live with it. And that's fair, Jay. And that's fair. That's fair. So so and okay, let's not focus on the refs too much. And and this might be one of my last statements about a ref. But do you not think refs watch film? Does ref refs not know they need to when they really need to control a game versus when a team isn't trying to be malicious? I'm not saying to let Memphis get away with holding, grabbing, headlocks, any of that. But you just said the way our defense is, it's aggressive. So how can I, um, you know, punish a team for? Their calling card being defense. I'm not saying illegal defense. It's just defense. And today, you would have to admit, and, and make you say, AAC is a little bit tighter than some of these guys in SEC or ACC where you have guys slapping the floor saying, you cannot get past me. So if I got pride on defense, how are you going to restrict me from not letting my guy get, get, get behind me? JB, a handshake is a handshake, bro. Like a handshake is a handshake, a forearm is a forearm. Sometimes they I call know. it. So, like that's like, that, you have to so, use your discretion. It's, it's in the rules, right? And, and but, the referee today, you pay discretion to call the fouls. And I'm just saying that Memphis's action. I feel you know when a handshake is a handshake to hinder versus a handshake being this guy's moving his feet too. I'm moving that, my feet. This that's that's not the, that's not how they call handshakes in the in NCAA. And first off, I went I've been dealing with Pac-12 officiating for 25 years. We're the worst officiated conference in the history of NCAA. So I know bad officiating. And if I if I can get and I, I give the refs routinely my bum of the game. And y'all got me on here defending referees, which I don't want to be doing right now. Uh, but you also gotta understand Memphis is always at a 10. Not even on the defensive end, the extracurriculars. If they bring their extracurriculars to a seven and a half, they'll be fine. They'll be fine. And I don't think that that takes away from the team getting getting the energy that they need to be better. I'm done with the rest. What else you got to say? Because we've been doing this for 47 minutes. I got to go drink some drink some mostly just the chicken and waffles. So what's going on, man? What, what else you got? Uh, what did you think about Williams, uh, how Penny handled Williams once he got the two fouls in the first half by not playing him the rest of the way, and then once he got the fourth foul with like seven and a half minutes left in the game, and we, we didn't really see him till four minutes left or something like that? So my, my, my take on that is uh, it's hard to it, – it's all about momentum. It's all about – what was critical at that time? So Williams went out second half. We got our rebound and maybe say 10, 10 to three, 10 to four, something like that. Comes back in, get a rebound, put back. This is the late, this is the free throw. So you know we didn't get the three point play that we needed. Uh, but he's the energy guy. Um, you know I'm I'm not 
I'm not going to be overly critical there because if you keep a man with seven minutes, does he get that rebound in four minutes? But I am of the mindset of you play your guys. When you're in a position where it's make or break, like you, you, you pull your guy to the side, you say, hey, I'm, I'm going to break down fam tomorrow. If you let him get away with that layup, you have four fouls. I'm not going to harp on you there. But what I am going to harp on you on is you're in the game and I'm trusting you. I need you to prove me right. I know a lot of coaches lean on, you know, I want to preserve, but I'm like the right now. I'm like, hey, let's go get it. So I'm not going to say only critical of Kenny, but my my philosophy is different because I'm playing my guys. I need, I need to get – I need to carry us. If this is my Super Bowl, using Jay's words, I don't want to lose a position. And, you know, I understand, even if it's a, a quick uh, sub, just to have a conversation with them, I don't want to waste the time out on that. So if I can get a quick sub, have a conversation with them, and, and put them back in, uh, I would do that. And I think Penny, first half, um, it was early. You know, but college is, is tough because – the way they were calling it the first half, I'm okay with him taking them out with two fouls. And we stayed in the game. We stayed in the game. It was close the whole time. I think, I think, I think the first half, yeah, he shouldn't have put him back in the first half. I'm okay with that. But uh, once well, he picked what? up that fourth foul, uh, Houston went on a 12 to 5 run before Williams came back in. And that's when they took the lead and took control of the game. Yeah. Like I've been, I have been very, uh, I don't know, critical, but I've wanted to see a lot from DeAndre Williams. And this, tonight showed you, this this morning showed you how important he is to that team. Like how, like I've I've said it before. Like he's way too demonstrative on the court. Like all the other stuff, but he's very important to this team, and it shows that when he plays. I still think, you know. I don't know if he's the best player on the team, as Penny would call him. I think he's probably he probably moves the most to the team. I don't know if he's the best player, but uh, so yeah, it's gonna be interesting. I mean, I just saw the bracket out. You got him again on Saturday. If, if everything goes right, you got Houston again on Saturday. Well, who, uh, do we, who do we have to play first? The winner of East Carolina and UCF. So, I do. Well, and but but to the point we were talking about earlier, you hope that coming off the letdown that this is and how we are known to play up and down to our competition, like they got to bring the same energy and attention to detail that they had in this game versus Houston. Well, Houston got to play a winner Tulane and Tulsa. I mean, they uh, they lost to Tulsa once this year. So. Let's go, Frank Haith. We'll see. We'll see. But, then, but then Memphis had to play Tulsa. And Memphis yeah. had to Tulsa. We don't want no smoke with Tulsa. <laughs> that ain't it. What's well, up, man? We done did 51 minutes. I'm about to go get me some mimosas and uh, enjoy the rest of my Saturday. Uh, JB, JB and the kids. Tell him, y'all go, hey, go, hey, go hey, make a birthday. Hey, Eddie Decker over here, baby. Well, we teaching you well. We watch the Tigers. Now it's daytime. And I'm here Hello. for a boat. The don't be so demonstrative and don't be talking don't be talking no what's up kid hi <laughs> 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 yeah. right, man we'll y'all later it was good man and i appreciate what y'all do man like i, I told your brother dude I, I like to hear it um you know because you help me see some stuff that i don't want to see and i know it comes from a, a different place and I'm okay with that because what makes you better are your your critiques, and that's the reality of it, man. I'm not a I'm not a professional basketball or D1 guy, but 
somebody has sits me down and says, this is what you need to do better, regardless of where that place comes from, Jamal Body, I need to hear it. Um, but I also need you to understand that don't get so consumed in that moment that you uh, overlook what, what you're seeing. Look, man, I ain't got time to be talking about this philosophical <laughs> debates about Memphis basketball with you. Get out of here. Um, you know, that's just terrible. Just terrible. You Memphis fans, delusional, I tell you. Always uh, good to hear JB's perspective on hoops. No, it's not because he's <laughs> it's, it's always so Memphis. Anyway, let's get into these superlatives. Uh, Maze, who you got for player of the game? Um. Uh, I'm going to go Malcolm. I thought his minutes were huge without uh, Williams or Cissé in that first half and just keeping us in it. So shout out to Malcolm once again. Who you got? I am going to go with – hmm. I'm going to go with DeAndre Williams, actually. I mean, <laughs> I mean, you know, he the minutes he played were so good. Nah, I'm going to go with Malcolm. I mean, I, for the Tiger side, Malcolm is the obvious choice. He, um, Yeah, nothing said it right. You, you couldn't ask for anything better from him. Uh, bum of the game. Who you got? I'm going to go Marcus Sasser. Uh, you know, I was expecting a big day from him, and I think he's really what helps Houston go, uh, along with the steady influence of Quentin Grimes. But uh, I'm going to give Sasser the bum of the game. Sasser shall got? be Sasser shall be my – actually, I'm going to say um, – who else am I going to say? I want to say the bigs of Houston. Like, they did a lot of stuff on the defense, on the rebound and stuff, but they catch the ball and don't even look at the rim. Like they they would just catch the ball and just look like right there. So they're the bum. I could have gave it to Musa, but uh, I gave it to him last time. Uh, play of the game. Uh, from the guy who was almost my bum of the game before this play, uh, Boogie Ellis, the three pointer to tie it up with one second left. Uh, man, it, it felt great. You know, it was like finally Memphis is you know made a shot when it mattered and. This is our chance. We're going into overtime. Jamal thinks we're going to win. Like, here we go. And then they just rip our heart out with the overall play of the game, the Tremont Mark shot from half court. I think the uh, that's a no-brainer for the uh, play of the game. And I wrote it down like, that play is so interesting because if Lester if – if that wasn't such a bad miss, that boogie shot doesn't happen. Like, right. Lester, Lester missed perfectly for that shot to happen. <laughs> <laughs> There you go. Um, yeah, I mean, the hard brick caused it to bounce off someone and <laughs> come, right. come back out. Like, it was cra- it was wild. Not how Penny drew it up. I can it guarantee you that. It was a shot that it hit, probably hit somebody in the head. Like, it came off the backboard so fast. And like, it hit somebody in the head and boom, right out to, right out to Boogie. Um, okay. And so, final question. Question of the night. Did Jamal win some money? And I did. I did win some money today. Probably the most successful bet bets I've had with the Tigers. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> so they were favored. They were a 10-point underdog this morning. So I put some money on them. Tigers plus 10. And then uh the over-under was 135. And I put some money on the under. And they both hit. So what a good nice. way to play Sunday. Hey, and I woke up feeling like money line mace. Uh, I didn't choose the money line and I'm not a gambling man, but when I see an easy business investment opportunity with like the Tigers plus 10, you got to take that, man. So I hopped in and won me a little money today, too. There you go. I mean, that was just a simple, that's easy money. That's a smart play. That's a smart exactly. Play. Hey, real quick, before we get out of here, would you have fouled before the half court shot? Oh, we, have, we have one foul to give before they got into the bonus. Too tough. 
it's too, too tough. Too tough. Like if it was maybe if it was like four seconds left, yeah. But with that, it was because you knew it was going to be a catch and shoot. Yeah. We we've talked about the refs at length during this. They who who knows what they call, you know what I'm saying? And then you got then you just gotta make one free throw. So nah. Yeah, I mean so you many- don't Twitter coaches are saying Memphis should have fouled uh, the guy who used to coach here, Joe Esposito. I'm like, what? how do you foul in that situation and leave it in the ref's hands where they're going to the line to shoot three and they only need one to win the game, right. whereas they have to hit a half-court shot to beat you off a wicked bounce pass, <laughs> half-court bounce pass that just everything worked out perfectly the exact, exact way that they drew it up, it looked like. <laughs> now, what I might would have done, and was somebody guarding the ball? Malcolm was. I'm kind of, and that's Penny trusting him more than Cisse, I guess, being on the ball. Um, yes, and, and and then we didn't really let the guy catch it in front of us. He kind of catched it, caught it going around us, you know. So it was a bounce pass. It was a crazy pass. Yeah, it was a bounce pass. Oh well, Mays, let the people know where they can find you, man. Y'all can find me on Twitter at Barnburner Slim. Y'all can find the podcast version of the show on Spotify, iTunes, wherever you get your pods. Just search uh, All Memphis Post Game Show. You can even just do Memphis Post Game. We'll be right there. Uh, subscribe to it. Leave us a review. So we move on to that first page on the uh, search bar, and we'd appreciate it a lot. Jay, where can they find you and uh, the video versions of the show? They can find me on Twitter at Nerdy McFly. You can see the show on Facebook Live at The Kickback Pod and at YouTube um, the Diamond in the Bluff Media. Search Diamond in the Bluff Media. You'll see all of the post-game shows there. Uh, with that being said, for Mace, I am Jamal, and we are out. Peace.